we're certainly using Midjourney for, for images, for videos. Um, we're using something called Flicky for voiceover, which I think is super great also. Um, people often forget about the voiceover element. How can you use generative AI to turbocharge your ad creative? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John Goods here. Everyone needs more creative, more creative all the time, much more. But building it at scale is hard. It's challenging. It's expensive. You need people for it. Can generative AI do the job for you or at least help you somewhat? To figure it out, we're chatting with Avi Benzvi. He's WinClap's general manager for the United States and North America, I think, and works with clients like Shell, Paramount Plus, Rappi, Ettermax, Lemon, and Star. Welcome, Avi. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, John. Super excited to chat today. Super pumped to have you. What are you building with generative AI? There's a lot we're doing here, uh, you know, and ultimately the creative space has long been um, hampered by the fact that generating those assets can be expensive. It can be timely. It can be kind of difficult to start the process from start to finish. What we're trying to do is change that, change that trend right now. So we're using Gen AI to start the process, right, um, of actually ideating, uh, helping us ideate, um, but also most importantly, generating assets at a faster velocity um, and generating them for a fraction of the cost, whether it's assets that don't have humans in it or even actually using humans as well and, and avatars that are replicating what creators are typically doing in something like a TikTok video that you'll see. And it's definitely a new frontier that we're excited to explore. Super interesting that you're talking about avatars and that brings up interesting points, right? Because a lot of games have characters or they have a look, they have a feel, right? And so if you're going to use a generative AI solution, you can't just go to Midjourney or Creative Diffusion or Dolly and say, you know, blah, 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 prompt and get what you want necessarily. You know, you've got to give it a style. You've got to give it some training. You might say, you know, here's a, here's some images. How do, how do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's when, you know, our team has the human element, right? And the understanding to say, um, we understand what typically works with this advertiser. We've done some creative testing in the past. Here are some scripts to potentially work off of. Here are some ideas of the ways we want to approach this. So for instance, we've done something with uh, Didi when it comes to food delivery down in, in the Latin market, right? We wanted to do something in relation to celebrating national food dishes. Um, so we gave it some direction and we gave the AI some direction in terms of, hey, we want to generate a dish that's typically known in Mexico, for instance, or in Peru. And we want it to be ceviche and we want it to show this and give me something with steam and have it fading out and doing all these different things, right? Um, so we're giving it that direction. We're iterating off of it. And then we're pulling in all the other things that we want, like a voiceover or uh, text in the background that we want to potentially test highlighting the national day or highlighting the dish itself, whatever it is that we can then A-B test. Whereas in if you're doing that all with the human element, it's a lot to go in and create those things. Professionally shoot that to even source the dishes in that example. In this case, mm -hmm. we're able to do it all within the clicks on the computer. Um, and then also add, add different variables so we can actually A-B test, which is what every performance marketer is actually looking for. Absolutely. So sounds like you're using it as part of the process with the people you already have. Um, is there a piece where there's just, it's just surprised you? It's created something that you didn't know that you needed, didn't know that you wanted, but you saw it and thought, whoa, that's amazing. 
I think there have been a couple areas. Um, I think for the, the one of the most interesting use cases I've seen for it is in international businesses, right? Uh, to have uh, an avatar speak one avatar speaking many different languages, I think is truly amazing. And so you'll have it speaking English and French and Portuguese and especially in a world where everybody's focused on being globally enabled. Um, that's really important. And it's really hard to do that with just the human element. And here we're able to do it fast and at scale purely through these avatars. And I see it, I'm like, problem solved. Unbelievable. You've discovered the digital influencer, the digital star, the digital hero. There was a story I heard, I guess it's about three weeks ago now, about a star in China and they wanted to do something hyper local with this big international star. And they used deep faking technology to basically clone this individual into a virtual self and then say things that were hyper geolocated for their various um, stores, locations, whatever it was all over the country. Uh, so there's literally a million pieces of creative exactly. from this one mega star. Yep. That's amazing. It's, it's truly amazing that you're able to do that. And you know, a lot of the proposals that we'll put in front of our advertisers now with human-based creator or influencer content, we can maybe start with pure human. And then as we look to scale that and get more assets, that's where we're gonna, when we're going to lean into that generative AI aspect. And it's going to go from, hey, our proposal has eight, 10 different assets to 100, 200 different assets, which was a world that was nearly impossible to think about before when you had the creator influencer marketing things starting to become uh, a major focus for paid marketers. But now this is becoming a reality where you can do that. And especially as creative is the star of the show when it comes to marketing right now, uh, mm -hmm. it's really hard to achieve great performance. And then a lot of the other variables like audience, algorithmic bidding, whatever it is, you really need to focus on creative. So especially as creator content is starting to scale and become popular, this is a great way to lean into a uh, performance variable that is increasingly important in the market. The possibilities are amazing. Hey, I mean, you can get the rock and saying, hey, come on down to this place in this neighborhood in Caracas, Venezuela, or something like that. And there you go. Boom, you've got them. Um, there's a bit of a debate about in the generative AI world about, do you call it prompt engineer or is that maybe too high a level? Uh, wh where do you fall on that? Is it prompt engineer or is it just, you know, you're asking the AI, the AI for stuff? Well, you know, I think it's a balance. Uh, prompt engineer is probably underselling it a little bit uh, because I think it's gotta be a lot more than that. The human element is still really important. I think even if we go back to before AI, Automation in general has become a thing, but even as automation started to escalate, you still need that human element for the strategy, for driving things forward in a more innovative way. And I think that's still the case here. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, having that historical knowledge, having done testing before, so yes, you're leading the prompts and that's where prompt engineer comes from, but you're going even further than that and you're... Uh, uh, understanding the nuances at a much deeper level than just simply saying, I need something like this. Give mm -hmm. me something like X, Y, Z, going mm -hmm. much deeper with it. And especially when you eventually end up pairing that with smart measurement tactics, that's when you can go even further into those nuances to develop the right types of generative AI creatives. 
Let's hold those uh, measurement tactics for a moment because I want to get into those, understand those, and I'm interested in those that are sometimes in, I want to say in the creative in terms of how long somebody's looking or engaging or watching or playing or something like that, as well as what happens after the creative. Let's hold those for just a second. I want to ask about the technology you're using. Yeah. Are, did you grab something open source or using creative diffusion mid journey or using something different than using something you created yourself? Yeah, we were definitely tapping into the, the, some of the third parties out there. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we're certainly using Midjourney for, for images, for videos. Um, we're using something called Flicky for voiceover, which I think is super great also. Um, people often forget about the voiceover element, which can be great because you can have assets you've already generated and then you're adding just that influencer creator element on top, simply using voiceover. And even uh, getting those scripts out there and working just within the chat GPT to ensure that it's relevant and it's spot on with what we need, but it's amazing. We just needed a couple of our key points to hit on and it can really get us a great starting point for our teams to build off of and get even more creative. It's, uh, if you just sit back for half a second and you put yourself in the mindset of two years ago and you just replay what you just said, <laughs> I mean, this is insanity, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's literally almost incredible because the creative toolbox, uh, has evolved so much and so quickly, you just labeled off like four or five different AI solutions that are part yeah. of your workflow, popping in at different parts for video, video, a, you know, AI generated video. That's, that's, that, that's, that's pretty cutting edge for your stills, for your voiceovers, all this stuff for your text, for even for the ideas itself. Yeah. That's a massive shift. And you know what? We don't even really have the like out of a box tools or out of the box suite for gen AI. Yeah. We have some stuff, right? Adobe's got a few things. There's some sure. stuff, but a, a suite that pulls it all together. We haven't seen it yet. It's still very early days. Yeah, it's, it's super early. And I mean, you mentioned this seismic shift within the industry. I've been working in digital for 13 years now. And as creative has become more important, it's become harder and harder, I think, for marketers to develop creative that's really good. And the key element of really good, I think, is the creative in creativity has often been lost. And I think here, because you can do variations so quickly and you can do much more testing, we're kind of getting that but that's why the human element is certainly important too, because it drives a lot of that creativity. You could just do it faster now um, and you can test out different ideas. Whereas before you're getting killed on budget, you're getting killed. Like I need this asset tomorrow. I don't have time to generate something that's uh, super out of the box or going to, you know, really transform the way people think about our brand. And now you can actually do some of those things and be a little bit more creative when it comes to your creative, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. This is, I mean, you said, go back two years. We're not really talking about any of these things. So I'm excited to see uh, how this develops and how advertisers start to approach this in a really scalable way because we've just started this process. 13 years you've been working on, clearly you started at 10. Um, so <laughs> I had that all my career as well. Still it's like, it, hey, it's a good problem as we age. So that's all good. Yeah. Let's get into some of the measurement stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about the measurement technology you're using and yeah. tell me a little bit about some of the early results you're seeing in terms of 
Are you seeing better CTR? Are you seeing improved conversion rates? Are you seeing better, you know, what are you seeing? How are you measuring and what are you getting out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a variety of different ways. You mentioned it earlier. There's certainly the in-platform stuff, CTRs, conversions based on a, a pixel that's in the particular platform that you're advertising on. We'd like to take this to the next level though, um, because for a lot of these consumer journeys, this isn't just a sort of last click type of play. This is an engagement play. This is, I'm getting adept at interacting with the brand. So we're doing things like incrementality testing, doing something like geo holdouts, right? To understand when we're uh, going live with this particular creative in a given market, are we actually starting to see more sales come through? Um, and the keyword being their sales, not media conversions. Um, are we actually seeing sales come through? Is this really driving a true business impact? So making sure that you're tying back this creative testing towards something that's real and tangible from a business perspective. And the mm -hmm. sort of second piece to that is tech and what we're building there to make sure that you are optimizing your media throughout. So speaking of AI, we use something called our budget allocator, which is a predictive model. Um, that's looking towards the future and saying, okay, if I'm spending 5,000 here, 2,000 here, 1,000 there, what is going to happen to my cost per customer acquisition? What is going to happen to my return on ad spend? And play with those numbers a little bit to see how the predictive model is going to respond. But another form of AI uh, in the measurement section to help us go out and scale and achieve efficiency from the outset. Nice. Very nice. Okay, so generative AI is changing a lot. Are you seeing any other changes or evolution in the creatives for mobile ad tech right now? I think there's a lot of uh, uh, changes as it comes to here. Um, well, if I look back three, four, five years, the big sort of creative change was always like change a background color. You know, is it pink? Is it blue? Is it green? Is it black? Right. And everything sort of else stayed the same. That was like the way performance marketers interacted with the world back. And I'm not sure that kind of stuff works. Maybe it does to a certain extent, but I think it actually caps at a wall with the way, with how complex the digital media landscape has become and how complex the consumer journey has become within that digital media landscape. There's so many touch points to being with ads and different organic journeys and they're on uh, countless amount of apps compared to five years ago, right? So I think uh, just how savvy creative has become or needs to be uh, is a massive change uh, in the industry from where we were four or five years ago. What does that mean? So let's say that five years ago, uh, well, let's make the button red. Let's make right. the button green. Which right. one performs more? A-B test, multivariate. Okay, so that's where we were. We were taking baby steps. So what's the next evolution that you're seeing? It's not just the background or the color of the button. Is it totally different things? Is it totally out of left field stuff? And we'll just throw stuff out there and see what happens. What is it? Is it an evolution of the brand story? It's, I, I think it's like all of the above, right? It's the type of person you're featuring the types of, uh, the way you're featuring the product, uh, obviously things like, uh, the length of your video, or let's look at like voiceovers. Is it a male voiceover? Is it a female voiceover? What type of value proposition are you testing out different brand messaging in each of these? There's so many different elements to test within a video and time and time again, every study shows, right? That people with the amount of brands that are out there today, especially direct to consumer brands, users are more inclined to purchase from a brand that they feel connected to. 
Um, and they're going to connect more to a brand that's honing in more on what really works uh, as opposed to a brand that's just trying to click convert right away. Um, and that's why WinClap, you know, we're very focused on this sort of growth transformation story. Um, and that's really about like sustainable, profitable growth, not like that quick hitting, let me just acquire a customer for one time. It's developing that connection with a particular consumer. I found it interesting that you're talking earlier about the customer journey and you mentioned it now, just as you're talking about the complexity of the customer journey. And three years ago, five years ago, if we were talking about the customer journey, we'd be talking about lots of measurement, yeah, you know, customer data points, touches, cookies, IDFAs, GAIDs, all that stuff, right? And some of that still remains relevant, but what you talked about earlier was basically triple M, lift, incrementality, right? And that is the new way of measuring. It's not as precise, but it's actually in some senses more accurate because you're measuring actual full-on complete results. Did I, did my sales improve? Did my bookings improve? Do I yep. have more subscriptions? All that stuff. And then somehow all these different factors played a role. That's an interesting transformation as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, uh, you're just seeing, right, that there's, uh, it's hard, it's getting harder to, to think about how you're going to measure your media uh, and the effect and the impact of your media. Um, you, four or five years ago, I think, you know, you look down and, and people could get away with being very last click focused, even though we've known for a long time, that's an imperfect understanding of the way a user interacts with the world, but they could get away with it and they could be successful. I mean, look at the, the amount of direct-to-consumer companies who built their business off of a pure um, meta than Facebook acquisition strategy that was driven by something like that type of measurement. And I think today, you're, you're, the complexity, the privacy changes, all that has obviously shifted how users uh, interact with the world and also how brands can measure the efficacy of their media. So you have to be a little bit more strategic when it comes to that. On the flip side of that, I've seen brands who are also like, hey, I know measurement is in perfect period in digital. And like, I'm just kind of going to let go of measurement. I'm going to do things that are purely engagement focused. And I'm just going to measure, do I see lift in my sales? And I know a very popular uh, new agey soda brand that takes that approach to TikToks. And they've seen incredible success. And they haven't been hampered by finding the perfect measurement model and figuring that out before they go out and scale. There is no perfect measurement model. <laughs> exactly. Everything that you can measure has some value, some more than others. Exactly. Um, but yeah, ultimately, does it result in growth of the brand and growth of sales? Very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for this time, Avi. Yeah, thank you for having me, John. It was great. 